0: Welcome to the Dan and Cosum podcast, Think Big with Dan and Cosum and our guest today is Dave Lopez. So, Dave, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, sure. Uh, I'm Dave Lopez. <laughs> tell yeah, tell us like a little bit more about you know like your story. I guess like what you do and and kind of you know and I I, I guess just you know for our, like our audience to know, I know that you've worked with um, in the e-commerce space you know, or like a retail space in the past, so a little more about kind of how you got to where you are. I know that you're working at your consulting business and you can share a little bit, you know, I guess your story of, you know, yeah. Okay, sure, yeah. So
1: I I got my MBA and I immediately went into retail and I worked in retail for many years. Uh, For 10 years, I was at uh, Neiman Marcus and Abercrombie uh, and Fitch. Uh, And so I had a great experience with retail and then I moved to New York and in Manhattan. I worked in the design business and I worked uh, side by side with a designer named David Yerman and David Yerman. I don't know if you know David Yerman, the brand. It's a fantastic jewelry brand. It's like Rolex. Uh, It's high end. And I worked with David and we helped build his brand for a few years in Manhattan. I started my own brand market strategy consulting company in New York, working with uh, designers and manufacturers and uh, international people who you know do silver people who manufacture so we sort of did deals with um, lots of retail stores with lots of designers and then I left that business and I reinvented myself and I basically work in marketing strategy now and I've worked with all kinds of different companies I'm just a sort of a free free flower Uh, and one of the companies I got involved is is an online uh, sort of a a digital marketing experience with wave block which is an EMF protection company. So we do EMF protection. Are you familiar with EMF protection? Yeah. So yeah, EMFs are those things that you can't see. Uh, They're the things that affect our lives that are generated from electronic devices. Uh, It's like electromagnetic impulse kinds of things. And we designed some products that deflect those away from your ear on your earbuds and we patented the technology. And so now we're just rocking and rolling and we're selling for phones, Laptops, MacBooks, and earbuds, uh, EMF protection, and so we've been doing that for now, two, about two years, two and a half years, and had some great success. And we're launching some new products this fall. And so, yeah, so I'm involved in different things. I do consulting projects still, and uh, just basically
0: just try and stay busy, I guess. That's awesome. So you you mentioned that you got your MBA from Harvard. Obviously, Harvard, everybody knows Harvard. We have a global audience. Can you share? I guess. What did it take like what does it take for someone to get to Harvard's MBA program it's a, a very impressive thing I mean, there's only so many people that could say that they went to Harvard not just Harvard but got their MBA from Harvard it's so, like what does it take for someone to get to that level you mean to be accepted at Harvard yeah to, like, to be accepted yeah. and just to graduate in general I mean I'm sure it's like, the coursework is not is not easy right I mean you're at Harvard yeah. it's a very high standard uh, program well
1: I mean the first thing you have to do is get accepted uh, and the funny thing is that harvard has a it's an unusual experience because they're looking for unique people they want a well-rounded uh uh, um, class because it's a socratic method of learning where i learn from you you learn from me not just learning from the professor so they're looking at a well-rounded class so the irony is the more you try and make yourself fit a mold to get into harvard you're probably not going to get into it because they're really looking for unique people and so for me I was a liberal arts undergrad at the University of Texas in Austin. I was in an interdis- interdisciplinary honors program called Plan Two, which is the oldest honors program in the in the country uh, at the university level. And they found me. I mean, I found them. I applied, and they were like, "Yeah, that's that's the mix we're looking for. We want that liberal arts background." Um, you know, I I was uh, I, I studied acting. Uh, they liked that I had studied acting. I was more different than the typical guy who went from uh, an undergraduate degree in business or, you know, even engineering or whatnot, I was different. So when when Harvard's putting together their class, they're looking at the unique characteristics that compile uh, a microcosm of society. And so I say, be you, be you, 100% you, you're going to have to have some basics like good grades and good, uh, I don't even know if they take entry level exams anymore. So many things have changed. I don't know. They may not even take entry level examinations, but you just have to be you and you have to represent yourself as far as what you're up to. So some people, they're all about saving the planet. So Harvard will have some of those in the class. Some people are all about, you know, making money, starting companies, entrepreneurialism. They'll have some of those in the class. Some people are about, I want to do the greatest good for the greatest number of people. They'll have some of those in the class. And when you sit down with the class, you're going to be shocked and how bizarre all these people are you're like whoa these people are not like what I would have thought. and so I think that's the beauty of Harvard and then once you get in you have to work your ass off I mean there's a mandatory and again I'm talking about several years ago I don't know if they still do this but there was a mandatory failure curve that you, you uh, uh, only a 10 percent of every class would fail um and if you got enough fails you failed the program so there's kind of an intensity around the program first year second year it's a breeze but the first year is pretty intense but it's great it's fantastic it's like a country club it's great the grounds are beautiful the facilities are fantastic uh the
0: people are smart i mean it's great it's like wow i'm so lucky i was accepted it's amazing so did you so you went there right after undergrad right you didn't even work in the corporate world at all you went right after undergrad is that correct no, that's not correct. I did work. I worked for two years in
1: Chicago with IBM uh, because they wanted me to get some work experience. Uh, albeit, I will say that I don't think the work experience did me any good, but that's their philosophy uh, to get some work experience. I think if I'd had work experience in an entrepreneurial venture and then went to business school, I think it would have been fantastic. But just to work for a corporation and to go to Harvard Business School, I don't think I learned that much. But yeah, I worked two years in Chicago and um. I had to reapply. Actually, it's a funny story. I called the Dean of Admissions for Harvard because they had rejected me on the first the first uh set of applications. I was 21 years old, graduating from the University of Texas, and they incur they they have different levels of rejection. I got a rejection with an encouragement to reapply. So I called the dean of admissions and I said, You made a mistake. Did you even read my application? Because there's no way you wouldn't want me in your class. And he was like, well we've never had anyone call us like this before and I said well why wouldn't they you know and I explained my spiel and everything and he was like we're gonna put a star by your name Dave we're gonna remember you and they sent me an acceptance letter uh after I had gotten one year of work experience or two years of work experience I got an acceptance letter and they actually they called me uh to tell me that i had been accepted so there, there are different ways that they let you know that you've been accepted and they called me hey Dave you've been accepted I was like,
2: "Yes." this is something by the way that defines leadership and uh shows a path to the leadership and confidence oh yeah yeah in fact uh, you are an example of uh like you're an example of leadership and confidence like nobody's gonna call Dean. and the uh, no, no no nobody's gonna call dean uh, hey <laughs> you, you missed this <laughs> so did this you is, really read about- my application <laughs> 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 and i mean this-
1: but i i was serious I wasn't trying to be obnoxious I was really serious I was like how could you not choose me I'm like I'm exactly what (laughs) you're looking for and 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 so I think there was a certain honesty because I'm very I come from a very poor family so my family is not educated I I don't know how to get into Harvard Business School I, I I'm just doing my best you know and I think there's something about the struggle that they like You know someone who has that kind of like chutzpah right I'm just like tell me I don't know what to do to get into Harvard I did my best did you make a mistake you know I'm like I made great grades in college I'm super smart I'm a good guy what the hell are you looking for I mean (laughs) it's funny though right but I think that when when you're poor when you come from a poor when I came from a poor family I I don't know better I wasn't polished no one polished me and said you know you've got to do it this way and do this and do this and meet this person and you know i didn't know any better i just said i got to do what i've got to do right and so
2: yeah this is sometimes which goes out of the box obviously this is what we say going out of the box when you have already uh, some defined patterns in front of you you will always think about those patterns when there are no patterns in front of you then this is the time where you will be going out of the box and sometimes uh, in in our company in our company sometimes uh, when we do not get good talent we, we do not get good resources for some work what i do is i say okay we are not gonna hire any experienced resource we are not going to imp- hire any employee who is already experienced who are already working in this field we are going to hire a fresh career who has never ever worked on it who don't know about this that's right <laughs> so and- he will be going to give us a new idea he will be the one who will be going to show us a new direction i think you bring up a really good point and could
1: you tell me how to pronounce your name again Kasim. 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 Yeah. Kasim, you bring up a great point. And that's what became my hashtag. Start being different became my hashtag. And that's what I've done my whole life. I'm the guy who's the outsider, who comes in and who brings a whole new fresh idea, fresh perspective, right? Yeah. I'm the guy from Harvard who's wearing a navy blazer. And I walk into Neiman Marcus, which is selling Gucci, Versace, Louis Vuitton and they hire me and I'm the guy who applies business methodology to retail and fashion and we have tremendous success right I'm the I'm the I do it different right and I think what you're saying is with a fresh set of eyes and this I believe is tremendous a tremendous advantage in leadership is the person who comes in almost with an idea of being an outsider who looks with a fresh set of eyes whatever's going on and says you didn't think about this or what about <laughs> this right i mean it's so glaringly obvious to an yeah. outsider right so yeah, yeah I, like, I like that very much and i've done that my whole <laughs> life that's that's what i've done my whole life i just go and i look at i say hmm, what are they missing here so and these are things I can't teach you in business school this is a way yeah. of this is a way of being right um, so i mean harvard could teach me strategy it could teach me analytical you know, i would get analytical skills and whatnot but a way of living you don't learn a way of living you don't learn a way of being you know uh perhaps it's cultivated from an environment perhaps it's cultivated from necessity right when you when your back's against the wall and you don't have a hundred million dollar inheritance coming to you and you've got to go and create your own wealth there's a different <laughs> motivation in life right
2: yeah obviously now you you have something in your mind that i'm not gonna make this with money <laughs> i'm going to make this in some other way You have you you, you will you'll will find the way in fact that that's that's something great i really like that okay oh, people thank people you. just people just need to believe in this in this concept because okay. uh, unfortunately in the corporate sector people are looking for someone uh, whose age is 30 years and have 20 years of experience of doing this, this, this. So this this thing never, uh, don't work always. I, I will say not, I won't say never, but uh this thing do not work always. They Sometimes have 30 you need years to go of, out of the box.
1: Thank you. They have 30 years of bad habits is what they have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously. <laughs> That's the way I look at exactly. it. <laughs> exactly it's exactly. very refreshing to talk uh with like this it's very refreshing
0: no it's yeah. awesome so I would ask you so and I I've I known people that could have gone to Harvard and they always tell me that the connections are some of like the biggest things how would you say that helped you in your career did it help you like at all like, the people that you met while you were in your MBA program
1: yeah well Dan again I'm I'm an outsider right and I uh, I think I'm probably ignorant in the ways of the world because I come from a poor family I don't even understand um these these family heritage and names and I don't I'm not like that right I'm just a guy who wanted to do my best so I didn't even capitalize on you know making connections I just I just did my best I enjoyed going to school there and I made a few friends um it wasn't that wasn't a motivation of mine because I didn't even understand that I just was there to just do a good job and to learn I really wanted to learn because I didn't have business I had liberal arts as a background and I wanted to learn business so for me I'll be honest with you it didn't I mean I went to school with a Prince from Saudi Arabia he was in my class but I'm not motivated to like go try and make friends with him because he's a Prince I I make friends with people I like. I don't know. I I don't. I tend not to worry about that stuff. I, I believe it'll just figure itself out. Um, and while I was there, I was the producer of the Harvard Business School show. Uh, we do a. Well, I was actually the director. We do a show every year, and I was the director. So I worked with all the musicians that were in the program and all the actors. And I mean, because there are a lot of those people that Harvard brings into the program, so it's a lot of fun. I mean, I had a great time.
0: That's awesome. So when you went for business school did you always know that you wanted to have your own business or did that kind of this idea kind of spark your interest later in your career
1: yeah again I I think I'm pretty ignorant when I'm walking into Harvard I'm ignorant I don't know what I want to do I just know that I want to learn uh business language and I want to learn business applications because I was a liberal arts student I you know I didn't know what I wanted to be I just knew I wanted to understand The function of business and society and how how economics work and things like that and so for me that hunger to be on my own really was established as a result of hating the corporate environment because i just hate corporate corporate environments and i hate the stupidity that goes on in corporate politics so once i started to see the corporate politics that takes place and believe me it's everywhere believe me um i just got turned off and i was like nah. really i don't want to do that Uh, i want to be free i want to if i want to go have a two-hour lunch or go to the gym in the middle of the day and then come back and work at eight o'clock that's what i want to do and i was at the forefront at the vanguard if you will of a new way of doing life because up until that point my age demographic it was monday through friday nine to five nine to six that's that's my age demographic we didn't know this world that exists today but i started I wanted that for myself when no one else was doing it. And I was like, no, I don't want to live like that. I want to take off. I want to work out during the day. I want to come back and work until eight. And it, so I started realizing, man, I go against the grain of thought. I better be an entrepreneur because no one can manage me. And then I got to the point where I didn't even want to be managed. I'm, I don't want a manager. You know, I, I don't really want it. Uh, I did work for some very famous people, though. I worked for the lady who would ultimately run Victoria's Secret. She was the CEO of Victoria's Secret. I worked for the lady who would become CEO of Avon, Andrea Jung. She became very famous. I worked for the former CEO of Macy's, uh, Terry Lundgren. I worked with the CEO of Abercrombie, Michael Jeffries, who was uh, Wall Street's darling for a long time. I worked with some very powerful people who became very powerful in the industries, right? Uh, So I had a lot of mentors, a lot of people who went ahead of me who I learned some things from uh and I was able to that's where I was able to amass a a connection if you will to some people who made things happen you know and powerful people I suppose you could call them you know uh
2: have you ever uh had a fear in your we back of your mind or somewhere while you were working with these sort of famous um uh, people uh like sometimes uh, you get pressurized when you are working with a very famous people person, maybe a celebrity. So sometimes you get a little bit uh, pressurized. I don't know how they will perceive my work, they're gonna like my work or not. So what was your situation at that time?
1: I mean, I was, I've was. i always worked with famous people, right? Because I was dealing with Armani, Versace, uh, I was dealing with all the designers. Um, so I've always worked with famous people, famous, but maybe not celebrities. And Mm. and I worked with David Urman, who's very famous. He's probably worth three to five billion now. I mean, he's very famous. Um, So I did work side by side with a lot of these people. I never had a fear. I like these people because I like people who know what they want. Uh, I'm not afraid of people who tell me what they want. I don't like working with people who don't tell you what they want and you have to guess. Um, You know, (laughs) that, that to me is much more difficult than. This is what I'm looking for. Got it. Okay, this is <laughs> that's that simple. Tell me, you know, uh, they, they, you know, they, they don't don't make me figure. I'm not a psychic, you know. Don't make me figure it out. Just tell me. Um, but I found that some of the people that I worked with in very high positions were actually easier to work with than some of the middle managers uh, because I think some of the people in very high management they're very clear about what they're looking mm. for. I never had any fear about working. I never had any fear, really. I think when you come from a family where you don't have any money, you don't have any fears. I, I don't know. I have nothing to lose. <laughs> you have nothing to lose. <laughs> I have nothing to lose. I mean, I'm like, what you know, I've already lived in a very poor home with nothing. You know, I mean, I've already been there. I know what it's like to have a budget, to, to have to buy bread with Coke bottle returns. I know what this is like how can I be afraid in an environment that I already grew up in that? I'm not afraid, you know,
2: no, I didn't have a lot of... In fact, I was just asking uh, because of uh, the new entrepreneurs, because uh, we can see like, uh, every month, every day, there are new uh, entrepreneurs entering into the market. And uh, there's always a first time for everybody, even for you, there was was the first time. So uh, what was what, what was your reaction or what was your feelings at the very first time when you were you were working with someone uh are you are are you were working with some famous person even for the very first time yeah i,
1: I again I, I have to be honest with you i mean i'm not I'm not lying i it doesn't affect me i to me, <laughs>
2: this is good
1: to me we're all yes. human
0: uh, to uh, me uh, I'm yeah. very
1: I'm very spiritual and I see that we're all human we're all on our journey namaste I I, I don't I don't get off my course um I don't know I, I don't I, I'm probably the wrong person to ask that question because I actually <laughs> I actually enjoy you know uh well here's a little bit of information for you the first famous person I met I was 10 years old And I was cast in the movie Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, uh, the first movie with uh, Gene Wilder. I was filmed in that that movie as a child. They came to our school in Munich where I was growing up, Mm -hmm. and they picked some American kids that were fat. And at the time, I was fat. And they said, hey, we'd like to put you in this movie. So at 10 or 11 years old, I already was meeting famous people, you know. And I don't know. It didn't affect. I don't know. It just didn't affect me
2: yeah this is in fact uh, uh, a, a thing to learn in fact i was asking you uh, this because uh, the new entrepreneurs should learn this uh, for for the very first time you have nothing to lose and after this you, you if you are not confident you are not going gonna get anything done so i believe this is what i am this this is what i learned from you right now so this is for everyone <laughs> now if i had a if i had a message
1: um If I had a platform, and I have no platform, I'm no big deal. But if I had a platform, and if people listened, I would say to them, stop trying to be a version of yourself that someone else created for you. Uh, Brendan the blah, 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 Tony Robbins. You know, stop trying to fit into a mold that some, you know, cosmic guru told you this is how things should be. Because as soon as you start doing that, you lose the gift of the distinction that you make in this world, which is what you bring. Stop, you know, it's like stop trying to fit in a mold and just start trying to get what's the distinction about me? How am I different? What is it that I do that other people don't do? Because that's the distinguishing
0: characteristic, right? That to me is that simple. No, that's really cool. So I guess just to wrap this up, you know, for the young people watching, I mean, any advice that you have, you know, just for young people that, you know, wanted to want to go into business, that have, you know, aspirations of, you know, going to Harvard or just general, like, like, what would you advise someone um, who's young and has these kind of aspirations to be in business or be like an entrepreneur like yourself? I would say know yourself,
1: meditate, understand who you are. Before you make moves, know what motivates you, know what drives you, know what you're really looking for. Because I was an idiot, I I opened up a restaurant and I didn't know that I didn't want to own a restaurant. And I lost a lot of money on my restaurant. And I'm like, why did I open this thing? I wasn't really thinking. Know yourself, know what you're good at, play to your strengths. Don't get outside your wheelhouse. I mean, it's ridiculous. I should never have gone in the restaurant business. I'm not a foodie. Stay in your wheelhouse know what you want to do with it and then just do it and stop trying to be someone you're not and just enjoy life i mean i don't think i don't think young people enjoy life the way i enjoyed life when i was young i was always having fun it was a blast um everyone's so intense it's like they want to be millionaires
0: by the age of 20 you know it's like come on just enjoy life a little bit anyway
1: I don't
0: know if that's helpful. No, yeah, it is. It, and actually it's funny because Cosme used to have like a restaurant too that was not successful. And we always talk mm-hmm. about like focus on one thing and he realized he needs to focus on this company on software development. So yeah, he's closed it down because he's like, it's, it's the same thing. It's like, you need to do what you're passionate about, do what you're good at and focus on that and be really, really good at it. when you're just like halfway doing like a few different things. It's very hard to achieve like your actual goals. So for sure. Awesome. Well, can I help you guys? Um, I mean, I think, you know, it was really inspiring. Your story is really like just hearing like your journey for me personally, was really interesting. I guess, customer, I don't know if you have anything
2: from your side. I learned a lot from this podcast. This was one of my greatest podcasts. I believe I really enjoyed this because I learned a lot of things. And the only thing I believe Daniel i would like to stay connected with dev if he if he's open obviously uh maybe in future we may we, we, we may benefit each other uh but uh again uh in real sense I learned a lot I, I i really enjoyed chatting with you if you uh, i always think i always try to think out of the box in the you gave me the points who, that that were already in my mind but i wasn't able to capture them properly you mm-hmm. gave me all those points you gave me clues i will be going to follow those clues <laughs> wow. for sure well
1: that i'm honored by that and i want to tell you all you only know that much of my story from these 30 minutes there is a whole nother 10 hours worth of conversation about the movies I made, the books I wrote, the, all the, my near death experience, how I found spirituality. It's far more interesting than than what I've just said. I, I didn't think well, I was that well, interesting.
0: Well, well, what you shared was very, very interesting for us. So what I'm thinking, we will have to have a part two, because I think to your point, you know, yeah. you definitely have a lot of value to offer that. I agree. 30 minutes, probably not enough time. So. Um, well you guys are awesome and you're in Dallas I mean I'd be glad are you both in Dallas no no so Cosmos is actually in Pakistan oh wow how cool that's awesome yeah so (laughs) he's he's gonna come visit soon but he has not been to the U.S. yet but yeah he's in Pakistan
1: oh that's so awesome well it's so nice to meet you and Dan if you're in Dallas and you want to meet for coffee sometime when you're not on headset. You know, let me know.
0: Yeah, anytime. Yeah, for sure. Because you're in Plano, I think you said, right?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I'm in Plano. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm in Plano. It was so nice
1: to meet you both. So nice. You all have an awesome day. Thanks, you too. Thank you for your time, Dave. Thanks a lot, Dave. All right,
2: bye. Have a good day. Bye-bye.